A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Kia ora and welcome to Our Changing World on RNZ National with Alison Balance and Veronica Maduna. Let us take you to Kohunui Marai in the Wairarapa for Tikura Fenua, a geology wānanga with a group of scientists from Genius Science. Hollis. I'm a geologist at Genius Science. Te Kurafina is a partnership between Genius Science and Ngāti Kahanunu, and the idea is to promote dialogue around topics of interest to Kahanunu. Um, we've been covering a range of topics from petroleum exploration to climate change to geological hazards to environmental protection. So are you as geologists led by what the iwi might want to know about? Absolutely. The whole concept of Kurafenawa was a response to Kahanunu wanting to find out more about the geology of the Rohi. And so we've been doing outreach in, in the region for several years, but we hadn't really developed a programme like this. And this was, So this was a melding of, of sort of conventional outreach and this experiential learning approach that uh, we developed with school children through uh, a project we call Geocamp. The whole concept is around hands-on, minds-on learning. And that's something that a lot of us learn best that way. Most of us probably learn best that way. But it seems like uh, Māori in particular have an affinity for that kind of learning. And we've seen remarkable transformations in, in understanding of you know quite complex earth science concepts through this approach. And um, I guess the other thing to, to emphasise is that the learning goes both ways. So while we love talking about earth science, um, we're also really interested in learning more about what is important for, to the iwi and, and what topics most interest them and what information they have from their own traditional cultural knowledge. We are on the edge of Lake Anoki, where we're just doing an exercise on observing the modern environment. We're going to do a series of quadrants where participants are going to look at metre squared quadrants and just observe what they see. We're going to locate them 
in relation to the high tide mark. So just below, just above, and then up in the, up in the salt marsh and see, make observations on the different types of plants and animals and so sediment. The idea really with this is to get people to do as much as they can themselves. That's right, yeah, so, so this is make their own observations, see if they can um, characterise the metre square themselves and then we'll bring them together and talk about it and um, hopefully they'll determine for themselves that there's differences in the different environments. This exercise is an introduction to the present being a key to the past. So the next step is then to take a, a sediment core at the site to see if we can identify changes in the sediment and then relate, the, relate those changes back to what we've seen in the, in the modern transect. And the point of this exercise is really to get you thinking about a concept that geologists use all the time called uniformitarianism. Say that, everybody say that. Uniformitarianism. What does that mean to you? Uniform, or something, if something's uniform or uniform... What does that mean? Something's happened in a pattern. Something's happened happen in a pattern is predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Uniforms, right? The same. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when we wear uniforms to high school, we're all the same. So, uniformitarianism is really it means the present is the key to the past. So, what we do is look at the modern environment, and we describe it, we observe it, we understand the modern system. So let's imagine you're looking at a river. You're looking at a river system and you're looking at the bed of the river. What, what do you see happening along the bed of the river? Water flowing, erosion, so sediment moving. Yep. Has anyone stood and I've done this a quite a fair bit of my life, stood and watched rivers and watched the sediment moving along the bottom of the river. Has anyone ever seen that? Transport sedimentation. Yes. Sediment trans bed load. Things trans. Has anyone ever seen the features forming along the bottom of the river? These ripples. You see those ripples forming. So we know from observing modern rivers that they transport sediment and they form, sometimes form ripples. Right. So if then I go to a place where I see a rock exposed, where there's no longer any river, but I see ripple features in that rock. What's that telling me? There was once a river. There was once water flowing there. There had to be water. So if we see an old rock sitting, there's no river to be seen today, but we see features that we know form in rivers today, we can say, ah, there must have been a river, something. Water flowing, a river. So it's, it's uniformitarianism, understanding the modern system so that we can look at the ancient system, ancient rock record, and interpret what the environment may have once been. So how do you think we might get the mud out of the ground? Dig. Dig. With what? A shovel. A shovel. You can do that. Yep. But no, there, that, that thing. A pickaxe. You could. But if you do that and you're in a wet area, what might happen to the hole? It might go deep. It'll sink. But yeah. Fill up. Fill, up. fill up with water so then you kind of can't see stuff and it all turns slushy so we often use what's called a, a core to take this mud core and this one here is called a d-section core 
because it kind of looks like a D. <laughs> okay, um, and we're gonna put this together. You should have been with us last time because we didn't know how to use that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to put it together and then I'll show you how to use it and then we'll go out into the mud and onto the swamp here and, and you can have a go at it. And you might not get it right the first time but that doesn't matter, you can have lots of goes. So um, this one here, it's actually got four rods to it and then this bit here is, is a, a fifth rod with the head on it so it can go down five metres into the swamp if we could push it that far. You have to push it in, you can't, I mean, this is not one that's got a jackhammer on it or anything. Right. Okay, so what we're first going to do, this takes half a metre at a time, so we're going to push the corer down into the water, up until basically the top here. And it is a push corer, sometimes you have to squish on it a lot, particularly in this mud. And the good thing, you can go. So we're down half a metre. The fin was pointing that way. I mean, you can't go too far against it, so you have to go the other way around. Turn it around clockwise. And that scoops the mud. And then it stops. It doesn't go any further because it's pushed up against the other part of the fin. And then we need some big, strong muscles on the other side here. Yep. Pull it up and out. And hopefully, hopefully we've got a sample in there. Well, we do have one. I can feel it in there. So we'll take it back out onto the shore and open it up. So you can get in and pull this thing apart as much as you want to. We can get lots of them. Get your fingers dirty. Get your fingers dirty. You can start to find little things like that and have a look at what that might be. Well, have a look at it. And you can feel if it's... A thingy. It doesn't smell like anything. <laughs> Look. If you want to cut it up, you can cut it There's up. There's some here. Yep. Right. What are you What are you just doing now? You, you've got that bit. I saw this bit and then I saw some black grass. Right. And it so looks the same. It looks the same. So what do you think might be being preserved in this in this mud core? The same thing. Bits of grass. Bits of grass in there. Yeah. So, so what might that tell you about, about at least back down to it's here in the core? It's now. It's now, yeah. And also maybe that this grass has been around Make sure you come back. for a little bit of time at least back down to here. And if there's none of that down this way, what might that tell you? That there was none. There was there none was that day exactly. in that age. In that age, that's, that's right. And then if you look at other things in here, little bits like that, that could be from some, from a different one. So what we're doing is we're, we're splitting the sample into three size fractions so it's easy to look at. The, so the coarse, medium and the fine. And basically you'll have three levels in there. So you'll have the more coarser stuff up the top, whereas the next layer will be a lot more finer and then finally on the bottom you'll have just the residual at the end. So that's a sample you yeah. took from that core? Yeah. How deep are we there? Um, this sample came from the lakeside part of Ornoki so we'll just see as we are moving through this process how much we actually find, you know, move down.
Kia ora, my name's Ngaio Tuka. I'm the senior analyst for the environment and natural resource team at Ngāti Kahununu Iwi Incorporated. Um, I whakapapa to Tuhoi and Ruapani. We have got involved with GNS on, on this kaupapa because it's all about learning more about our, our natural environment and being informed and, and understanding uh, how our natural environment has, has been formed and has been shaped um, to give us an idea of, of what might happen to it in the future. We spoke earlier, which I thought was quite a nice example, that when you look back, say if you drill a core into sediment and you look back, that's almost like the whakapapa of the rocks in there. That certainly does does appeal because it goes uh, way beyond our lifetime and beyond uh, many instances human habitation. So it just puts some perspective, you know, our place or our time on, on this whenua. My name is Amorangi and today I learnt that you can see things by putting a big thing in the ground. A cora? Yeah, a cora in the ground and you twist it and you bring it back up and it shows you how long ago the, there could be things happened. We talked a bit about how it can show you about fires in the past and oh, yeah. storms you and stuff like that. You could see black, burnt pieces of wood in it, so it could have been a fire back then. This is definitely a different kind of learning. It's hands-on learning, and um, I love the fact that it's learning from the marae. The wānanga is happening here at um, Kohanui Marae, so it's a fantastic place to, for um, our kids to come and learn. We need to bring our kids back to the marae so that they can learn um, the history of the place, and, and it's a perfect setup to do it. Hi, I'm Atzafai, and... What I liked the most out of today was how to use the sen- my senses. So when we learnt about rocks, when you look at them, you like think they're just boring. But when you use your senses and like figure out what's in the history of the rock, it's not boring. And we got shared a lot of stories about some rocks that um, got found today. And you guys even got to put your finger on the yeah. time when the dinosaurs died out. Yeah, we even got to. Um, touch when the dinosaurs were alive. I'm Athena and today we learnt about the mud coring. We went out to the swamps and they stuck a cora thingy in the ground and then we turned it around and we brought up like a big piece of mud from the ground and it was like showing the past and what happened in the mud like years ago. Hello, my name is Daniel, and um, I'd like to say thank you to GNS for bringing us back to the uh, like the Malai to the um, community, and I love the fact that we were out in the in the elements, even though it was bad weather. Um, it didn't bother me that we were so engaged with what was going on. No, it's been really, really interesting and I love it and I very much appreciate it. Many thanks to the McDonald Toto Fano.
Nayo Tuka from Nati Kahununu Iwi Incorporated, Chris Hollis, Richard Levy and Marcus van der Goes, who are all at GNS Science, and our hosts at Kohunui Marai. Thanks for listening to this Our Changing World podcast. And you can find more stories on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Ka kite anō. Botox Cosmetic, Adobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.